Welcome to Weta Digital's Unsupervised, a podcast series that brings you personal perspective from the front line of modern visual effects. This is a closed door session, so come on in and shut the door behind you. My name is Max, and today we have joining us lead lighting TD Chantal Williams and visual effects supervisors Philip Leonhardt and Martin Hill. Here's Martin. I've been working at Weta for 15 years now. Um, most of which I've been working with with Phil, and before that we worked in in London together. So we, we've worked for each other for probably sixteen, seventeen years, something yeah. like that. Yeah, um, it's uh, yeah, it's been a a, a long uh, long time uh, for me at Weta too. Uh, Fifteen years, been a great ride so far. How about you, Chantel? I've been at Weta for three years now. I was a lighting lead on CC two, setting up the lighting for the elements that are going to be in the shot, so the elves, characters, environment, and that gets passed on to our compositors. And CC2 is what it is all about today, Christmas Chronicles 2, the second. No longer the return of Bellsnickel. It was Christmas Chronicles 2, the return of Bellsnickel Mm. for a long time, Mm. but the second bit of the title seemed to have vanished. (laughs) <laughs> but Bell Snickle hasn't. He's still a large, a large part of the, the film. Fortunately, yeah. yeah. No, it was. Uh, well, the film, the film really was about you know how we can save Christmas from being obliterated by this evil creature, Bell Snickle. Yeah, he'd kind of got disillusioned with being an elf and uh, started playing up, and then gets. Um, turned into the the worst thing that an elf can possibly be in his imagination, <laughs> and that is one of us, a human. And uh, then he decides he's going to set up his, his rival Christmas at the South Pole. And um, it's quite a nice parallel story because Kate Pierce from the first film, she's sort of uh, coming into her teenage years and she's getting a little disillusioned with family and Christmas as well. And in the end, they both find the, the true meaning of Christmas. Mm. Yeah, yeah, very nice, uh, very nice connection there, and I guess also a, a really great chance to, um, you know, work with a character like Belsnickel and uh, uh, you know turn Julian Dennison, um, you know, get the chance to, you know, turn him into a little creature and make him alike, uh, you know, as a little elf. That was a that was quite a fun part of the uh, of the whole story as well. Yeah, he was f- fantastic casting. Um, he's he's very funny. So he's. He's a he's a Kiwi actor um, who we've worked with before on the hunt for the wilder people. I don't know whether you guys worked on that. Yeah, yeah I didn't seen it. work. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen. I, I've I seen didn't it. either. But nope. what a terrific film! I think everyone should watch that immediately if you haven't seen it. <laughs> and um, he just brought so much to, to the, the the character. And sort of really early on in the um, in the process of you know the script writing with Chris. Weren't quite sure what Belsnick was going to be. We knew he had to be not quite human, not quite an elf, and we'd have a character, um, an actor playing him, and maybe using forced perspective or something like that. You know, like we did for the for the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, and make him into a kind of a, a sort of a half elf type creature there. Yeah. Um, but ended up that um, uh, when Julian was cast, we wanted to to have him. You know, just as he is as an actor and then fully transform him into into an elf um, or from an elf to, to a human and back again. 
when I when I first uh, joined the show, you were already like you know off in Canada and you know preparing all the previous uh, for shooting. Um, some of the artwork that came in for Belsnickel, being this uh, sort of hybrid elf humanoid. <laughs> kind of, uh, you know, creature, you know, not necessarily, uh, you know, friendly to look at when you're a little child. And I remember um, sort of like, you know, in those days going through the artworks wondering, you know, is this going to be our final character? You know, <laughs> or are we... He was definitely the trendiest elf. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's very had, true. had quite a set fashion sense compared <laughs> to the rest of them. So that what's made him more human, I guess. He did end up with a James Dean look. It's kind of inspired some of the animation. There's a there's a very specific bit where he's leaning very casually against a uh, a lollipop stand, yeah, looking super cool. And uh, obviously he can't be smoking a cigarette, but he's got a lollipop in his mouth as if he is, and he tosses it away and, <laughs> yes. and causes mayhem. It looks a little different to the elves that we you know previously established yeah. in, the, in the movie before. So we had we had a pretty wide range, and I think we we ended up in a really nice place, and you know taking a lot of Julian's just just great comic expressions and um, just transferring them into a, a digital character that's often often quite a hard thing to do to really take the um, you know someone's persona and someone's um, um, mannerisms and you know their, their, their overall sort of physicality and make it into you know what's essentially a cartoon character yeah. uh, elf and um, and still maintain the character without making it too much of a pastiche or, uh, and, you know, I, th I think one of the things that was really gratifying was making making him look so, um, you know, sweet when he needed to be sweet, but he could also look quite mean when he uh, goes a little off the rails. I was surprised about the amount of elves that we ended up doing and the variety compared to the first movie. Mm. When I first came on the show, I watched the uh, first version and we seem to have a lot more elves than <laughs> what was done before. <laughs> and we see them a lot more, which has been fun. And and the, the, the amount that we had seemed to grow throughout the production. Mm. Mm -hmm. So um, I remember, you know, uh, talking to the production designer, John Hutman, and he had his first maquettes of the Christmas Village, sort of white card model of how he was going to mm. design it. And, you know, I'd go in the next day and it'd be slightly bigger and the next day it was slightly bigger. <laughs> and so, you know, I made a little uh, to scale elf and like put it in the village <laughs> there. And it was like, hey, everyone, can you see where the elf is? <laughs> and I was like, right. <laughs> so we, we actually scaled the elves up to like, uh, I think it was about 1.4, the size of the first film, just to try and fill the space a bit more. And because they're so tiny, they can't move very fast. Yeah. So... So we ended up, so, you know, you, you put them into, you know, this big scene. We've got this big swooping camera move that we, you know, one, one of your guys shots mm. where uh, we go into the village and we had to do all the set extensions and um, to try and get, get more life to the scene because the elves can't move very fast because they're wee little legs. We ended up coming up with um, giving them lots of little vehicles, uh, you know, their scooters mm -hmm. and uh, wheelbarrows and things to get a bit more sort of motion uh, in there because, yeah, their little legs couldn't quite... Uh, zip around it was a big big crowd of elves in the end and yeah. particularly the variety as well how many do you think we ended up with in, in that shot um i think i was been i think close to 400 400 mm -hmm. yeah 
you know, at any at any given time. Yeah. And, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, because you know, as you have all these opportunities to put them on the little window ledges and you know all the little stone walls and um, yeah, they're kind of like just needed to be everywhere to kind of make it look like it's a it's a bustling elf. Yeah, that, w- that was always, always a thing, trying to give height to, to the to the scenes, mm. not to the elves themselves, although we did stack them a few times. They, um, so whenever we had some some way of getting them higher in the scene, just so there wasn't a, a carpet of elves with, like, Kurt and Goldie towering <laughs> above them. We, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I do reckon, you know, Chantel, you and uh, Alessandro Saponi, our CG supervisor, you were probably, you know, in a big part responsible for one of the most astounding, biggest and most beautiful Christmas trees, um, you know, <laughs> that have, you know, ever been made for any village, let mm-hmm. alone be Santa village. And uh, I remember that was, you know, a, a extensive build um, together with a lot of Christmas ornaments and lights. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very big tree. So in our Santa village, the buildings are all built around a massive tree in the centre of the courtyard. And this has the Christmas star on the top, which features in the movie massively and helps with our story. The tree itself, I don't think you'd ever find a tree that big in real life. (laughs) (laughs) And obviously it was hard for the guys to have one that size on set, so we had to make one. I'm not entirely sure how high the tree went in the end, how big it was. It, it sort of varied between 70 and 100 yeah. feet, I think, yeah. from the from the ground. Yeah, probably more meters almost than feet. Are, so I, I think in the very think. wide, yeah, yeah. So you, yeah, yeah we had to they were multiply it by yeah. factor. <laughs> Three. <laughs> <laughs> Easily. And being a Christmas tree, it had to be decorated for Christmas. Um, a lot of the ornaments were made out of glass, like baubles and light fixtures. Mm. We ended up rendering, well, making those separately, produce, giving those to the compositors separately, just because it was so hard to manage with the tree and the branches and the glass by itself. And it needed to change scale as well. For yes. A <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we used instances for, because all the ornaments, a lot of them look similar. They were mostly glass, which proves a challenge when you're um, lighting. Uh, Glass is very tricky. So when we had to resize the tree, we also had to move these instances of ornaments around the tree with it, which is very difficult when you have thousands. (laughs) Yes. I think for some shots, we just ended up deleting them as opposed to just trying to move them around and put them back on branches, which would have taken a long time. Yeah. And then there was the other added factor of um, getting the occasional gust of wind into the tree as well, I remember, (laughs) which um, posed a challenge just for the matter of fact that the tree was so big and heavy, um, no tool, no simulation tool would really allow you to do that on the whole tree. Mm -hmm. So you needed to, uh, um, you know, start looking at it in sections and chop it into pieces. And it was also quite tricky. I think towards the end, um, we went around a few times with how much snow should be on the tree. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was tricky with adding motion to the tree, because obviously you want the tree to move, but you don't want all of the snow to fall off. (laughs) And you want the snow to move (laughs) with the branches. (laughs) The same problem as the practical trees. <laughs> Pretty much, exactly, yeah. So mm-hmm. we took that on <laughs> quite nicely in that way, didn't we? Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, if you want motion, you can't have a 
uh, too much snow on it, otherwise an awful lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think I think we pulled it off in the end. Yeah. For for you, Martin, I guess you spent fairly long time on set, didn't you? In Vancouver, in Canada, with the film crew. One of the great things, um, which I think, you know, really, really is such a pleasure as a visual effects supervisor, is just to get get in early. So I started in um, uh, April yeah. of uh, last year, mm-hmm. still last year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, nineteen, yeah. yeah, yeah, twenty nineteen, yeah. nineteen ninety, mm-hmm. and um, I I'd just come off Game of Thrones. Which was, um, you know, I love Game of Thrones, but it's quite, quite bleak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's quite violent. It's, not. it's quite dark. So when you when you're coming to, to to that with ideas of, you know, how you kill everyone's favorite characters, it, you know, to be offered up something that's sort of uh, so colorful and bright and cheery is absolute joy. You know, get some comedy and in it, and um, being able to sort of go in that early and spend, you know, a really long time with Chris in pre-production. You know, working out what the scenes are going to be, doing the previs for them—that that was an absolute delight. And I think it really, what one of the things that's really interesting, because this is the first time for me being the client side supervisor. So, as a wet VFX supervisor, quite often I go on set and um, you know help the the production roll along and help the client side VFX supervisor. But this is my first time, you know, taking it from, you know basically just sitting with the director and the filmmakers right from the start and working out what we were going to do. So where that really sort of came into its own, I think, was, um, you know, you get the script and you have scenes like uh, the Jola chase. So this is uh, this is our opening scene where we see Santa. The first and, time. Um, for the first time in this film. First, first shot of the curve. It's just such a great sound. And uh, the, the script said something like, "Okay, um, uh, Jola Katurin, who's one of our characters, uh, Jola, um, the big Yule cat, it's an Icelandic uh, mythological Christmas cat." So, so the, the script sort of said, "Okay, uh, Yule cat's like running through the forest," and then we, um, as it dashes into scene, um, Led Zeppelin. Immigrant song comes on, and then Santa appears, and it's like so instantly your head's flooded with images. Okay, this is this needs to be the most epic shot of Santa's sort of reveal, and so so it's the very first shot we did as previous so with uh, uh, Marcus Petoni, our, our previous supervisor. We we work through um, this this really epic sort of um, uh, environment of you know mountains, North Pole, sort of a fictitious North Pole environment. It's actually based on on Brandywine uh, Mountain Valley, uh, which was quite near where we were where we were shooting in Vancouver, and have this sort of essentially this drone shot fly down and be taken over into a what would essentially be like a Russian arm shot, but on a on a sleigh or a skidoo or some some snow, and then rushing past. But all of that shot is completely timed to the immigrant song, which we didn't end <laughs> up using in in the show. But all these shots are sort of tied together, you know totally in time to the music so the guitar comes in just as Jola comes in and then when Santa comes in the vocals come in and that's all stayed all the way through from previous into the final uh, scene so even if you're um, the, the music is, isn't uh, isn't Led Zeppelin in the end it, it got changed but uh, 
if you want, you can take that scene and just sort of play the immigrant song over the top of it. Yeah. It works yeah. really well. Yeah. I felt like this was like one of the few shows where I felt fairly confident that the previous is actually a very, very, very good um, indication of you know what is going to you know come our way as we collate the team uh, here on the ground in New Zealand uh, to work. The previous was, I think, a fantastic way of getting you guys up to speed into you know what the project entails when we could sort of present those scenes to the teams here um it gave them a really really good idea of uh, you know what they were all in for and, yeah uh, what the it definitely for. helped we had such a wide variety of sequences from the santa's village to obviously being outside in the snow going to different times as well <laughs> so the previous yeah. definitely helped um work out what all these sequences would look like in relation to each other. Yeah, and uh, there was a lot of it in the end as well. Like, I remember, uh, like, running through the playlists and getting all the clips ready and saying, like, look, if you get accustomed to, you know, where we're at, this is this is it. And, you know, it took took people, uh, you know, a, a fair time to get through the material and came, came out much wiser at the other end. So I think it was a, a huge success story, that one. Yeah, yeah I mean, I think for, for, for me, I mean, doing previs, the point of it is to to give you a guide as to what to, to shoot on set. Mm. And the more accurate you can be, the better. So, you know, even though we had a limited budget for previs early on, we had so much to previs, you know, and Chris was sort of like, okay, well, this this is a good guide, but, you know, I actually might shoot it like this. I was like, no, 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 let's let's pre-previs it and, um, you know, get what we want so we really know what we're doing on the day. And, um, you know, I think that helped, you know, the, the, the camera operators, the ACs and the the DOP plan their shoots as well, you know, because we could go in and sort of say, look, here's the previous, here's where, you know, this sleigh or this, um, you know, digi environment is in relation to everything else. Mm -hmm. So they knew how to light it in sequential, you know, form, you know, when you're on a stage, which is basically you know, Kurt Russell in a hat and a blue screen around him. Yes. <laughs> and a few LED panels over the top of your head. Yes, sometimes very multicolored LED panels. Yep. And I remember while this is going on, we had our COVID pandemic. <laughs> so we went into lockdown, New Zealand went into lockdown. Everyone at Weta had to start working from home, which was added to the challenge of making... Mm this Christmas movie and saving Christmas. <laughs> yep, yep, pretty pretty much. I mean, my my experience with the lockdown was, uh, you know, interesting because I, I have a house full of little people <laughs> that don't necessarily make, make things easier. <laughs> little people, but <laughs> close, <laughs> close to elves, yet uh, probably not quite as efficient and hardworking as elves are. Um, yeah, that was interesting with all the people at home and, uh, yeah, everybody in that space. But um, I think in the end, you know, a lot of interesting new workflows came out of that too, right? And I think we gained, like, a lot of efficiencies in our meetings by, you know, carrying on with remote meetings even whilst people were at work so they could, um, you know, ha had to travel less, yeah. you know, um, distances around that. So that was good. Yeah, it brought some challenges, especially with crew that were joining the show mm. as we were in lockdown. But the virtual meetings meant that we could have more people at the same time whilst, yeah, I could continue working too while in a meeting. So Yeah, yeah. It was also, I think, the first time I was literally working with remote crew in different countries as well, um, which was interesting because we had people in, you know, Vancouver. We had some people in uh, Europe. And, uh, you know, their time zones are obviously very... <laughs> 
very different and therefore can be challenging um, <laughs> to get them all together at one time without having to wake one up. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah. Yes, because what is traditionally like a, a one location facility? You know, we have one time zone and it's uh, that's sort of how it's always been. And, uh, yeah. you know, this, this has shown that we can sort of uh, diversify out into the world and, um, you know, work with our current yeah. paradigm. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. So uh, that was a that was a definitely an interesting one. But it, uh, you know, Christmas at the end still prevailed. Um, <laughs> you know, it did not uh, it did not uh, fall down um, as Belsnickel might would have liked. Um, you know, looking looking back at it, um, Chantel, what, what is your you know the, the memories that you take away the the fondest bits uh that you that you felt i know you you were in a very christmasy spirit <laughs> i i saw your desk with like you know you had some lovely ornaments actually oh yes there. the christmas decorations amazing. are still yeah. there i yeah. figured we're coming up to christmas <laughs> soon there's no point taking them down and putting them back up yeah. um there were so many different sequences on the show it's hard to pick something that i was like oh that was the most fun part to work on but i think the team was really good. The lighting team, we had a lot of really technical, technical savvy lighters who would help write tools and just make things easier for the rest of the crew. And then our virtual meetings ended up being quite fun. I remember most mornings, Phil would greet everyone with a Merry Christmas instead of Good Morning. <laughs> Every single morning. Every yeah. morning. <laughs> so that helped keep people's uh, spirits up. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was great. I do consider definitely, you know, the the teamwork that happened, you know, on the on the show was incredible, you know, and the the the, the memories that I take away from the movie and some of the, you know, favorite bits and pieces were really the like the experience with the crew, and uh, across the board, I think the work, you know, looks looks pretty stunning, and you know, the 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 only. Um, uh, people that you know i think i can thank for that is uh, everyone um you know that took part in it and uh, obviously the leadership as well was amazing uh from uh, from you martin you know you uh, you kept it uh, you know always always real for us and uh, you know were uh, you know very kind and it was an amazing experience that way thank you i mean that's that's really kind and yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm just really grateful to, you know, work on such a fantastic film with such great people. And, you know, I, I really genuinely think it's going to make a lot of kids, you know, bring a lot of joy to a lot of kids over Christmas. And I think that's just a really wonderful thing. Yeah, favorite memories for me. I mean, I I mean, I had a terrific time on set. Um, the whole client side crew was 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 wonderful. Um, Chris was a delight to work with. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, there's a there's a huge, huge team. Uh, both in Vancouver and LA and at Weta. Um, and for me as well, I'd like to thank Lola, who did, um, did some of the cosmetic fix work. But um, it was just, just the, the dream team, you know, having, you know, Phil and Chantel and, you know, also Thrain, Thrain Shadbolt, our uh, other VFX supervisor, and uh, Rob Hollander, um, who also came on and did some of the most amazing sequences. Um, that was, uh, it was a delight to work with, with everyone. There's, too many names to mention for me, but uh, yeah, um, it was just a terrific team. And of course, you know, huge thank you to you know 1492 and Chris Columbus, you know, for letting us come along on this little adventure. Mm, absolutely, and, um, yeah. yeah, and letting us be be collaborators on it, and um, yeah, hopefully making a lot of uh, a lot of kids' Christmases really happy.
You've been listening to Chantal Williams, Philip Leonhardt, and Martin Hill on Unsupervised. Until next time, thanks for listening.